Welcome to episode 101 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 101 is entitled, I Took a Trip to the Ship. Meaning, this past week, my wife and I left out on a Thursday afternoon about uh, 4 o'clock when she got home from school. She does work for a living, something I don't really kind of relate to all that much. But she teaches Spanish at high school, for those of you that already know, uh, or for those that you don't know. If you already know, then just ignore that. But we left when she got out of school and got packed up, got the car packed up, because we did this two years ago. We were going to do it last year, but we were scheduled to go to our son's graduation from the seminary in Dallas, Texas, or Fort Worth. And then Kathy came down sick, and we didn't go last year. But two years ago, we went to Chattanooga and sit through six football games in two days. If we really wanted to be adventurous, uh, we could have left Wednesday night or Thursday morning and watched the private schools on Thursday night, but we didn't do that. That would have been nine games in three days. You know, she has a schedule, so we kind of stuck to that. But we left Thursday afternoon, missed the middle school basketball game, by the way. But we made our way up to Chattanooga, got there about 8 o'clock their time or so, Checked into our hotel. We checked. actually got a hotel that was oh, about a mile, somewhere in that neighborhood. It seemed longer than that when you walked it uh, from the stadium, Finley Stadium in Chattanooga, where the Chattanooga Moccasins, UT Chattanooga Moccasins, uh, play their college football Division II team, if I've got that right. A nice little stadium in the downtown area. And we did this two years ago and had a blast. You know, Kathy will tell you that from her perspective, it's not as much fun as it is from mine, but you got to give her credit. She likes sports. Uh, She's a trooper because of what we had to endure on this trip. Last time we went, two years ago, weather was perfect. I know one day, if you sit in the shade a little bit, chilly, 52 degrees, probably somewhere in that neighborhood, and sun was shining for two days, sit and watch six football games. This time, not so fortunate. Although Friday, I consider myself extremely lucky because we've been looking at the forecast the entire week leading up to the state championship games. And it kept saying 90% chance of rain Friday and Saturday. Well, you know how us Tennesseans are. We always know that the weather is likely to change in a five minutes notice. So, you know, I kept my hopes to that happening. But every day I'd look at it, sometimes I look at it two or three times a day, and the weather kept saying 90% chance of rain. Sometimes it dropped to 80 something, then I'd get really hopeful. But it stayed consistently from 85 to 95% chance of rain Friday and Saturday. So we had a choice. Do we risk this? Do we want to go sit and watch somebody else play in the rain? 
wasn't really enthusiastic about that, to be honest with you. But again, we already had our rooms booked. Had them booked before I ever knew the fate of the Huntington Mustangs. So, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say that I booked those in hopes that the Mustangs were going to get there. I was going to go anyway. But, as it turned out, Mustangs didn't go, and I did. But, we said, finally, we kept looking at it every day, said, well, we need some time away from the farm. You know, like, we don't get any now. But sometimes it seems like you don't. You know, it's a lot of work goes on around here. So, we take every opportunity we can to go out of town. And so, let's go. If the rain is so bad, we don't want to sit out any, we'll just do something else. Chattanooga's a good place. It's, it's a nice little place to go. I encourage you to do so if you get a chance. So, what we did was we went ahead and went. So, we left Thursday afternoon, like I mentioned before. And we got up there, and it wasn't raining, you know, and Thursday night, slip in. Didn't have to get up early. First game started at 11 o'clock Friday morning. And we decided, we waited to 1030. It was raining. They had free breakfast at the hotel. So, yeah, well, there you go. So we waited 11, close to 11. Wasn't raining. So we put on our raincoats and we make the trek to the stadium. And had one problem. We got there before kickoff was scheduled. But you know how because of 9-11, when it all relates to back to that, security is a little more tight than it used to be. They had a sign, you know, no large bags, no purses, no umbrellas, which was uh, a joke later on. I'll explain that as we go along. But we got there, and Kathy's got this little purse thing, and we've both been battling a cold, and I think I gave mine to her. And so she had some Dayquil, and we had a couple other little things in there that we needed, you know, and they wouldn't let us take the bag in. I really believe if we went around the other side of the stadium, went in a different uh, um, gate, we would have probably got in because we saw people with bags the size of hers, if not bigger, in the stadium. So you can't carry that bag in, the lady said. So we didn't know what to do, so we walked all the way back to the hotel room. And it's 10, 15-minute walk. So then we had to turn around and walk back again. So we missed the first part of Alcoa destroying East Nashville. So we really didn't miss a whole lot. Although Alcoa, uh, and I know that's probably what you want to hear more of than my troubles, but Alcoa uh, is uh, a good football team. And <laughs> that reminds me why I'm on that subject, and it's my podcast, so if I want to kind of divert from uh, the subject on hand to something else, I can do that. I have the liberty to do that because there's nobody here to stop me. But Alcoa, there was an article after they won their ninth straight state championship. They won 22 overall. And a lot of this started with Huntington Mustangs, to be honest with you, in 2004. I think that was one of the first state championships that Alcoa ever won. Or in the neighborhood of that. And then they went on to win a whole bunch more in a row uh, before that got broke. Now they won nine in a row. So they won 22 overall. That was back in 2004, as I mentioned, when Hayden lost to Alcoa. 
in one of the best high school football games I've ever seen, a game that maybe Huntington should have won, but they did not. But anyway, they a very good football team, but there was an article about whether or not they should be told or asked to move up in classification. Well, I have a couple of thoughts about that, and I understand that uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard for teams, you know, like Milan a couple of years ago when they were 3A, which is what Alcoa is, they chose to play 4A, and you can do that. You can choose to play up a classification to, to avoid Alcoa. Of course, Milan's problem was they got in the gun sites of Haywood County, which is a pretty good juggernaut themselves. Although they don't have 22 state championships, they're still a pretty darn good football team. But And that article was about them moving up, being told to move up, or whatever. Well, my other thought about that is, you know, you, you punish a team because they're successful. Well, yeah, that's not really fair either, is it? So there's, you know, there's different sides of the fence as far as Alcoa is concerned. Uh, but they beat what was a pretty decent East Nashville team, and they did it without any effort, pretty much at all. They had a great running back, Alcoa did. Kid probably six one or so. Uh, and could catch the ball out of the backfield, caught a screen pass one time, should have been tackled for a loss, uh, turned it in a 50-yard touchdown. They could throw the football, they could run the football, they played defense, uh, the game wasn't even close. Forget the exact score, uh, but Alcoa, I think it was like 40-something to 20 because East Nashville scored a couple touchdowns late while we were sitting across the road uh, in a restaurant eating barbecue. Because there is lots of little pubs and restaurants right there in uh, just a few feet or so of the stadium. So that's one great thing. And there was one we went to Saturday that has uh, uh, like a little bowling alley in it and ping pong tables. And it's, you know, one of those brewery, micro breweries. Uh, kind of wish Huntington had one of those. Boy, that would be neat, wouldn't it? But uh, we sat over there after watching or right before Riverside played Saturday. So McKenzie was up next Friday. We wanted to watch McKenzie play. I, you know, uh, mentioned it on the podcast. I've written about it. In, a lot of people talk about the rivalry between Huntington and McKenzie. And yes, there is a rivalry. I've always argued that our biggest rival is the Milan Bulldogs because we've always in the past measured ourselves against them. But maybe we should start measuring ourselves against McKenzie because, man, look at what they're doing. Uh, you know, won two state championships in basketball in a row. The girls did. Uh, the boys' baseball team has been to the spring fling uh, two, three years in a row now, I think, and finished runner-up not this past spring, but the spring before last. They finished runner-up. And the boys' basketball team went to state two years ago. A soccer team went to state two, two years ago. Their golf team or, or a member of their golf team, I forget exactly how it goes, has been there. And now their football team, for the last three years in a row, has played for the state championship. And we wanted to see them play. And, and I've got some friends over that way. Uh, their assistant principal, Chris Tippett and I, or Zach Tippett, sorry. Zach Tippett and I are friends. We're both Atlanta Braves fans. I, and I saw Zach at the Dresden uh, McKenzie semifinal game that sent the Rebels to the state championship game. Talked to Zach a few minutes, and we were talking about the football game. A lot, Most of the time, we're talking about the Braves, but I like Zach. Think a lot of Zach. 
Uh, Randy Thomas, who the field is named after at McKenzie, the Rand- Randy Thomas Field, Rebel Stadium, is a friend of mine. He's on the Carroll County Sports Hall of Fame board with me. Uh, Randy's a good guy. I mean, he's a real, real good human being. And, and I know they're one of their assistant football coaches, Chris Wall, who's their baseball coach. And I know Chris on a first-name basis. Uh, I can have a conversation uh, when I see Coach Comer. He knows who I am. I know who he is. Uh, just the world I travel in. So there's a lot of people over that way I know. I, and, you know, I have a first cousin uh, that grew up in McKenzie and was a star basketball player uh, back in the uh, early 80s or late 70s. So, uh, you know, it's I, I have some connections with McKenzie. So I, there's not that uh, dislike for him that a lot of people have that uh, I don't have. So, you know, I wanted to go see him play. You know, Tate Serber, their quarterback, uh, in a sense, when it comes right down to it, is is slightly kin to me. And I'll tell you why. Because I was kin uh, to Dale Kelly. Uh, Dale Kelly and my mother were like second cousin or something like that. And you, as you go down, or, or Dale's mother and my grandmother were first cousins or something. But there's a connection. Dale used to tell me, uh, the late Dale Kelly. Uh, what that connection was, but there is a tie there, see. And, of course, uh, Cliff Kelly, that's his niece, I mean nephew, uh, Tate Serber is, and uh, that's his sister's son, uh, and I think the world of Cliff Kelly, he's uh, right up there with one of the better people I'll, I'll ever know. And uh, so I was rooting for McKenzie. I was wanting to watch them play, and they played South Pittsburgh. Now, McKenzie's been a state championship four times, in, in the history of their school, and the first one was way back in the 80s, I believe it was. And uh, out of those four trips up there, they have played South Pittsburgh three times. And their state championship came last year, McKenzie's did, against Clay County. So they played South Pittsburgh three times in a state championship game and have lost three times. Now, Friday's game, from depending on how you look at it, some people would look at it as a boring game because there wasn't a lot of offense. Some people would look at it as an exciting game because it was a defensive game. But McKenzie struggled. I'll be honest with you, South Pittsburgh, not that much better than McKenzie if if they're better at all. Uh, They had a couple of defensive ends that were pretty good. Uh, They had a quarterback that was pretty decent, had a running back that was pretty decent. Uh, wasn't no bigger than Huntington up front and no bigger than McKenzie up front. So it was a stalemate as far as size goes. But Tate Serber, the aforementioned Tate Serber, didn't have a good day. Uh, missed a couple of receivers wide open. Um, it just off on his rhythm. But a lot of that had to do with South Pittsburgh. Uh, McKenzie had 80 yards or less. And I saw this stat, and it's somewhere around 80 yards total offense for the entire game. And so that hurt South Pittsburgh. Uh, their quarterback, the Wellington kid, uh, is pretty quick. He, he, he was pretty darn good. But he got hurt, and he'd been hurt leading up to this game. I think he missed their semifinal game or, or the game before that. And, and there was some question whether or not he'd even play. But he did, and he was battling an ankle injury, I think. And he got hurt. Uh, midway through the fourth quarter when it was still 7-7, and he thought maybe McKenzie had a chance 
because the kid was, he's what made them go. But he was hurt, got hurt. But what they did was they just went to the basics. They had this kid that was playing tailback. And I forget his name. It escapes me while I'm sitting here with no notes or nothing. So I'm winging it, as I always do. But tall kid, probably over six foot. And I remember when I walked around the stadium right before McKenzie played, I saw him down in the end zone. I told, I told Kathy, I said, man, that's a good-sized kid. Turns out he was their best running back. And what they did was they just lined up basically in the wildcat. And they just ran him off tackle, either left or right. Reminiscent when you go back in history a little bit, of how Hendon got to a state championship game in 2012 with Jake Warbritton at quarterback. Just snapped the ball to him, and he'd run off tackle. This kid, they couldn't, McKenzie could not tackle him. They had fourth and four, they converted on a simple running play. And it was like that. That was pretty much how, and they got him in the end zone, went up 14 to seven, McKenzie could never get their offense going, never got it going the entire game. Uh, they did score seven points, but they scored it after South Pittsburgh fumbled inside their own 20. And then Serber hit uh, Jake Cassidy on a slant across the middle for a touchdown. That was, that was you know, and it was a 13-yard play. Without the fumble, McKenzie may not score. Uh, but that's how dominant or that's how bad – you could look at it two different ways. Was it McKenzie's bad offense or was it great defense by South Pittsburgh? Uh, you, you could argue either way. But it was an entertaining uh, game from that aspect, and South Pittsburgh won another state championship. They've got a few on their resume also. McKenzie comes home with a silver ball. Well, that night, I'm, I'm trying to think, Okay, so that was the 1A game. That was the 3A game. We watched part of the 5A game uh, later on in the day. Uh, trying to think now uh, who was in that game uh, as, as all of a sudden uh, my memory escapes me because uh, there were some teams. I know Pearl Cone and Upperman played Saturday and they were the 4A game. So the 5A game was Paige and uh, somebody help me. I know there's nobody out there to help me. I'm on my own. But it, it was a good ball game. Uh, yes, we left because Paige was up uh, by several points in that game. And... Uh, uh, ended up uh, it was up like about three touchdowns and ended up being like a you know a one possession game. But get, I'm gonna get around to Saturday anyway. That's more important. You know we did watch that Pearl Cone Upperman game Saturday morning, and, and that's when the rain really started to get to be a uh, problem. You know I mentioned earlier that it said on the sign no umbrellas. There's umbrellas everywhere. And got on my nerves a couple times because we try to set up a little higher, get away from everybody so we could see the game because we wasn't there rooting for any team uh, per se. So we wanted to kind of be by ourselves where we get a better view. We didn't want to get amongst the student section or a bunch of fans. Uh, but there were some people in front of us kept popping umbrella when it wasn't raining. Uh, that was Friday. 
And that got on my nerves a little bit, but we carried our umbrellas in Saturday because we said, uh, you know, they, they said no umbrellas, but everybody in here's got one. That was Friday. So Saturday, we carried umbrellas in. Good thing we did because uh, it was raining on and off on that Pearl Cone uh, Upperman game, and I got to rooting for Pearl Cone because that didn't like some of the antics of Upperman. I'll be honest with you. Uh, one kid throat slashing and... and uh, couple other things that were going on, toning one time uh, that I just didn't like. Hey, you know, and Pearl Cone uh, won that game. They were up uh, by two touchdowns. And then uh, Pearl Cone uh, looked like they were going to win and Upperman scored. They were still down two scores. Uh, onside kick, got the ball back, uh, scored. Now they're only down a few points. I think it was like a uh, One-point game at the time. So, and they tried another onside kick, and a kid from Pearl Cone, uh, they were watching the ball. You know how you see onside kicks sometimes where the kicker will kick it. The first onside kick was they kicked, bounced off somebody, and they got lucky. Second time, they kicked it short, and, of course, you can't touch it till it goes 10 yards, or the kicking team came. I heard an idiot behind me go, uh, when Pearl Cone touched the ball before it went 10, you can't touch it before it goes 10 yards. The receiving team can. The kicking team cannot. So they kicker kicked it, and it was one of those where they dribble it along, and, and you got three or four people following the ball, uh, waiting for it to get to the 10 yards. And when it got to about seven or eight, kid from Pearl Cone come running up the middle, grabbed it uh, before it went to 10, and ran all the way to the end zone, because when he caught it, there was nobody between him and the goal line uh, but green turf. And it was a great play. And it kind of excited me even. Pearl Cone went on to win the first Metro State Championship for Nashville in 16 years. Read that uh, later on. So, uh, and Pearl Cone was a pretty good team. They are pretty talented. And then we watched Riverside game. Uh, that was at three. And we went and ate at that place. So I was telling about that at the bowling alley. And... Uh, uh, went across, and it's just right across the street, so, you know, two-minute walk. We were back in the stadium, waited till right before kickoff, went back in, and the rain kind of was on and off, and uh, uh, Riverside uh, playing uh, for the state championship, and uh, they were playing East Robertson, who had the two kids uh, that were brothers, and one of them had committed to Kentucky, and then I read uh, the Groves kids. And I just always wondered, and so maybe somebody can tell me this uh, later on after you listen to the podcast and y'all do some research for a change. Uh, there was a Carlos Groves that played for uh, East Robinson back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. I think it was early 80s, to be honest with you. That's uh, when Clarksburg basketball team went to state championships at Vanderbilt. So it was that long ago, but they had a, and they ended up winning the state championship that year. And Carlos Groves went and played at the University of Tennessee. Uh, played basketball. Had a good career at the University of Tennessee. Now that possibly could be his kids or uh, some of his family. I just wondered if that was because there was two of them. One of them had committed to Kentucky, and I read this morning, as a matter of fact, where he decommitted from Kentucky. So. Uh, I don't know what his future plans are, but uh, they they weren't that big. They had Brady Warburton size. Uh, but they were tough kids, and 
that was the crux of their football team. But they had trouble getting any offense going also. Riverside did to an extent, but I'm going to tell you, Riverside, and I don't mean this in a negative way because I keep, and I saw I saw somebody from Huntington last night at the grocery store, and I said, it could have been us. Uh, we were as good as, we was good as Riverside. Uh, we could have beat East Robertson. We could have also lost to him. But, Here's what I'm going to say, and I do not mean this in a derogatory sense, but without Desmond Thomas, Riverside would have struggled to win that game. I'm going to tell you, he he, of course, he ended up with like six tackles on defense, was MVP of the game, but he had 123 yards rushing on like 23 carries, I believe, for the game. But when they needed yards, they went to Desmond Thomas. They would give it to him. He would get what they needed. They couldn't tackle him. East, East Robertson could not tackle him. He couldn't get him on the ground. He's just a beast. We had, Honey didn't have the same trouble with him. Uh, he, he wins football games. Uh, thank goodness he's a senior. And I mean that, in couple, you know, I'm you know, not for Riverside, you know. Uh, but it's good for rest of everybody else that he's a senior and he's graduating. I don't know, but somebody, somebody big ought to, I'll look at this kid because he can play. And, and I've seen where he's had some offers from some smaller schools, but I believe he's got, I believe he can play a higher level. I really do. Uh, now, Riverside does some things that uh, they did a couple times against us. They had a, a, a fourth and two, and you got Desmond Thomas at midfield, and they tried to throw uh, an out pattern on fourth and two, and, and, and don't complete it. I know the first time Huntington played them, uh, they had a fourth and one from midfield and tried to pass down the seam uh, that was incomplete. If you got Desmond Thomas in your backfield, fourth and two, don't throw the football. Uh, they do. They could, every now and then they do something like that. But uh, they end up winning thirteen to seven. Uh, East Robertson had a chance late and. Uh, I thought maybe they'd pull it off, but they didn't. Riverside won their first ever state championship. Uh, went two years in a row. Uh, next year, next year's going to be fun. But now there was one other game for the day, and we sat through a lot of rain. Had our umbrella. Uh, and I, I was a little wet, even with an umbrella, and it's kind of hard, harder to see. And but we were sitting where when we popped our umbrella, we picked a spot where we wasn't going to be blocking somebody's view. Although everybody around us had an umbrella going, that's how much. Uh, it wasn't a hard rain, but it's one of those kind of rains. If you didn't have your umbrella, even though I had a raincoat on, you're still gonna get wet. And it was it, it, was, it was miserable to the extent where it was aggravating. If you understand what I mean by that, it wasn't so miserable that we we were gonna get up and leave because we wanted to see the rest of that game. But you know that game finishes between five thirty and six. So what we do is we get up and we actually walk back to the room and uh, changed clothes, got into something dry, and went to see a movie because there was another game that night, uh, uh, Houston and uh, Murfreesboro, Oakland. And Oakland, you know, has been up there the last three or four years in a row, but Houston ended up winning the game. Uh, they're out of Memphis. So that that ended that. Uh, but... Uh, it, was, it was, you know, it was 
we, we decided we weren't going to set out in the rain. And it got, of course, sun goes down by then. It gets a little colder. So we went and watched Napoleon downtown. We were, we were not but two miles away from a theater where we at. So we got the car, drove down there in the rain, got out, watched the movie, came back, and then came home Sunday. But I took a trip to the ship. And I would advise anyone that if you've got the time, you've got the opportunity, even if your team's not playing, that's fun. It's fun to go watch other schools. It's fun to watch the enthusiasm uh, from other places. Uh, everybody is passionate about their fans or about their team. The fans are passionate about their team. It's everywhere, and it's a good thing. And it's a lot of fun to watch uh, high school football. One of my favorite things to do, and yes, it would have been great if Hayden had been there and I'd been down on the sidelines instead of in the stands. But nonetheless, great opportunity, fun to watch. And uh, I advise you, if you ever get a chance to go, go. We're in the middle of basketball now. Uh, middle school teams are fantastic. High school teams, girls off to good start, boys not so much. And I promise next week, uh, well, next week we'll probably talk about the football banquet. So we'll get into basketball as we go along. So just keep listening. I promise uh, we'll try to mix it up a little bit and uh, – uh, if you get a chance, order you a football magazine uh, from this football season, from the middle school football season, blurb.com backslash bookstore, and search my name. We'll promise we'll come back next week, and when we do, we promise we'll try to do it better. <laughs>